Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right. In the culture that we live in, there's so many things coming at us from different directions. We're constantly being influenced or being told to get this and get that because this is the in thing and that's what we need. But it's so important, again, that we read the Word of God, we absorb the Word of God and live the Word of God. And today, if you look into the Scriptures, if you want to cultivate an attitude of peace, if you want to cultivate a perspective of peace, there's no better place to go to than the Word of God. Amen? So if you flip through the Scriptures... There's a concept, there's a word, there's an idea, there's a thing that, that produces or comes through the scriptures. It's this idea of peace. It's throughout the scriptures. Jesus interacted with it. Paul interacted with it. They talked about it constantly. They talked about it a lot. If they talked about it a lot, it must mean that it's important. And so when we look at the word of God, God is kind of known for a God of peace, right? He's a God of peace. He's a God of joy. But what happens in this world is that we are constantly being influenced by the idea of what peace is. And oftentimes it's the Roman word pax, P-A-X. And what that means is Roman peace. So Rome would go and they would conquer a land, and then they would say it's pax, which means a cease from fighting. And that's what we know peace as. Peace is cease from fighting. Stop conflict. Stop these things that are going on. We're taught to you know, keep peace. We're taught to install, instructed to how to keep peace. But it's far from the biblical view of what peace is. That's our understanding of peace. But I want to share you from the Word of God today what peace actually means when Jesus talked about it. What peace actually means when the Bible talks about it. You know, there's this idea that Pax is just to pacify, just to stop from fighting. But Jesus talks about it in a much grander, much more intricate scale, much wider than that. The author Cornelius Palanta says this, the webbing together of God, humans in all creation, in justice, fulfillment, and delight is what the Hebrew prophets called shalom. We call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or ceasefire between enemies. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. And I love that, the way things ought to be. Because we know that we live in a world that's not currently according to the design of God. And so when God designed it, when God formulated it, when God put it into motion, this is the way it ought to be. And if this is the way it ought to be, and we look into our current state, we know it's not the way it should be. Shalom is an awesome word, right? I want you to say it with me. Shalom. Shalom. Isn't it great? It just rolls off the tongue. It's an awesome word. You know, and shalom means so much more. And today I want to talk about unpacking what this word really means. Jesus moved around with this idea. He interacted with it. The apostles did it. Paul did it. And I want you to understand that shalom is a deeply compelling word. And so I want to give you a few points on what shalom actually means according to the word of God. And the first one is that shalom is a greeting. Shalom is a greeting. 
Recently, I went to Boost and I got a smoothie. Everyone loves smoothies. I don't know about you, but I like smoothies, and I like the ones from Boost. And what I noticed was that as I ordered my Boost smoothie, they went behind and they took a piece of fruit and they crushed it and they squeezed it. And when they did that, good things came out of it. It was like this beautiful juice that I enjoyed, and we enjoyed too. Good, refreshing, nurturing stuff, yes? Are you guys with me? Uh, all right. Slow on the uptake this morning. All right, we'll just turn it up. <laughs> but it's interesting that this came out. And here's a question that I want to ask you this morning. It's interesting, real quick. Why are you feeling pressured today? Are you in a financially pressured situation? Are you in an emotionally pressured situation? Are you being pressed in different situations? What about what's going on at your workplace? Do you feel spiritually pressed? Do you feel yourself in a situation where you're oppressed? And here's the question. When you're oppressed, what comes out? Is it a swear word? Is it a fist at God? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Because God wants us to have the fruit of the Spirit. And when you squeeze the fruit, good things come out. So I want to ask you an honest question. If I was to pick someone by random, who wants to volunteer? So I'm going to pick someone by random. I'm going to bring you up here and say, okay, when was the last time you were deeply frustrated, deeply pressed, and what was your real reaction? Tell everyone how you reacted. Did you yell? Did you scream? And, you know, that's what happens in our world. We're influenced by these things. But what I'm going to talk about today and what we're talking about today is to be influenced by the Word of God. And if we are truly Christ followers, if we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, when we are in pressure, when we are, pre when we are pressed in different situations, good things must come out. And what Jesus is talking about is that when we are pressured, we must produce shalom. And I'm not using the word peace because we often understand peace as cease fire. But shalom has a deeper, wider, greater, more profound meaning. And so back in the day, you know, when you looked at it, and you looked into Israel, this is what they would do. They have this idea that peace is so important. In a world where we're constantly giving in to addictions, giving in to brokenness, giving in to all of these temptations of sin, all around us, the brokenness of our culture seeps into us. But in the Hebrew mindset, in the Jewish mindset, Jesus wanted us to understand that the peace that comes from him is like no other. In fact, David writes in Psalm 34, verse 14, he says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue after it. Seek peace. Do everything you can to pursue peace. This is the desire of your heart. Run after it. Chase after it. Desire it with deep desire. That's what he's trying to say. Because when you do, you get this rich, satisfying thing that nothing else can compare to. When you understand the concept or what the Bible actually means when it says shalom, it embodies, it represents, it, it just insinuates everything that God wants us to have. And it contrasts that with the things of this world. And what Jesus is trying to say is this is a crucial thing that you desire. This is a crucial thing that you must have in your life. It will transform you when you get real shalom. If you flip through Paul's writings, he starts his letters by saying, Grace and peace to you. These were his two words, grace and peace. Grace and peace. And he would also end his letters by reminding them, may you live in peace and may you remember the power of grace. And what he's saying is, I want you to have shalom. 
Shalom that comes from God. Not the shalom or not the peace that we understand, but shalom in the fullness that God represents it for us. Throughout his message, Jesus interacted with this. He's gathering his disciples. At the end of his life, he says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If we understand the words of Jesus, it means the peace that he offers is radically different than the world talks about. What he can offer is is something variously different or profoundly different to what the world says. In fact, what Jesus is saying is that shalom is what I'm offering you. Shalom I will leave with you. My shalom I will give you. Not as the world gives you. I don't play around with the world's games. So at any time when you feel troubled, any time when you feel pressured, any time you're afraid because of the things surrounding you, Come to me and I will give you shalom. A shalom that can produce something better. Shalom, first and foremost, is a greeting. In Israel, that's how they greeted you. They would have this beautiful idea of shalom. When you acknowledge shalom in the beginning of your conversation, you were declaring God's presence. So when you greeted someone and said shalom, what they were saying is that may God's presence, may God's anointing, may God's favor, may God's grace just come over you surround you, which is radically different than what we say. We say, hello. How are you today? I'm fine. All right. But shalom means something completely different. Shalom means may God's presence be with you. May God's grace surround you. May the wholeness of God fill your heart. And at the end, they would say, shalom again. And it's a sort of prayerful thing. May God take your day. May God surround your day. May God fill your day. It's such a blessed thing to hear the word shalom. Because when you see it in conversation, you're constantly reminded that it comes from God. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. It comes from Him. And number two, when you talk about shalom, you remember who said it. It was Jesus. And He's unseen guest in your conversation, being there, being there with you filling you with shalom, filling you with peace. And it's so amazing that when you find out, when you say shalom, you're surrounding a person with God's blessing. And I think maybe we should try that. Say shalom to one another because it brings the wholeness of God. Number two, shalom is about wholeness. You see, for many of us, we've experienced some incredible trauma. We've had moments in our lives, we experienced deep sense of wounds and pains and hurts, and we found ourselves at all costs wanting to walk away from these areas because who wants to be in pain? We want to run away from pain. We want to leave that pain. We don't want to think about pain. One of the most difficult and painful memories in my life is the loss of my grandmother. And when we encounter pain, we don't want to sit in it. We don't want to dwell in it. We just want to shut it off. I don't want to think about that memory. I don't want to think about that pain because it makes me depressed. And maybe in your story, maybe in your life, you've been betrayed, maybe you've been wounded, maybe you've been hurt by someone who's come along and said something to you. And you're in pain or you're running away from this pain because you don't want to think about it, you don't want to deal with the situation, and you can't engage in anyone's life, you can't engage in community because you've shut yourself off, you've built a wall around you, your emotions are shut off. And so you cannot genuinely engage with anyone. I was watching a documentary the other day, I think it was Planet Earth, and they were talking about this crab. And this crab likes to find shells. 
and then make, a, make its house in it. But what it did was, whenever it encountered situations, or whenever there was a hint of danger, the crab would withdraw into its shell to prevent it being eaten or whatever. Or when there's something going on, or when there's a predator coming along, the crab would just withdraw into its shell. And I think some of us, most of us, have a similar experience. When we are hurt, when we are wounded, when we see danger coming that might injure our emotions, we withdraw, right? And we shut down walls. We don't want to deal with it. We want to escape from the situation. But what God is saying here is that what Jesus is offering is a transformative experience. It's something that will transform your life. Jesus does not want you to retreat. He wants you to engage. I want you to understand something. Jesus wants to be with you. But Jesus doesn't just want to rescue your soul. He wants to rescue every part of you. He wants to be with you in everything and help you through your hurt, your pain, through your heartache and help you know that He's a God who restores. He's a God who redeems. He's a God that brings life no matter what the situation. He wants every broken part of you to be restored. And that's what shalom means. Shalom means the completeness that God offers, the fullness that God offers to restore every broken part of your life. It's much more than just peace. See, when we have these experiences, we choose not to engage. We choose to leave, not talk. But God wants to restore and redeem, and that's what the Hebrew mindset was. Shalom means it was the whole self, it was the whole body, the whole person being fully surrendered to God. I want to tell you, wholeness and shalom is about the redemption of every single part of you. Not just salvation. How do you do this though? But Paul has an idea, and Paul says in, in Colossians 3.15, he says that we need to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The shalom of Christ to rule in our hearts. That shalom should have its dominion in our life. Let the shalom of Christ, let the wholeness of Christ, the wholeness of his message, his story, take leadership and reign in our hearts. Paul says again in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May God himself, the God of peace, the God of shalom, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, God is interested in completeness in every single part of your life. Broken, scarred, hurt, betrayed. He wants to come in and heal and restore and bring life. And when he says shalom, that's what it means. The wholeness of who you are. This isn't just about getting your soul cleaned up and going to heaven. This is about every single part of you. The challenge is that we live in a culture that's in pieces. We live in a world that is broken. We live in, in situations where every single thing detracts from us, pulls away from our wholeness, takes away from our identity, destroys who we are. We don't have the whole story. We don't have the whole book. We don't have the whole life because we are in pieces. Have you ever had a jigsaw puzzle you wanted to solve? When I was a little kid or a little while back, I had this puzzle. You know, it's like a thousand-piece puzzle. You put it together, and I guess I enjoyed it at some point, but we come back to it, and we try to put this jigsaw puzzle again. But the problem is we have some pieces missing. 
and you'll get very frustrated trying to form this picture because number one, you don't know which pieces are missing until you try to put it together. And it fits in only one place. And the problem is that we try to nurture and bring about real relationships in a broken world, but all we show is broken pieces. We don't present our whole self. We don't present our whole story. We present broken pieces. And the problem is when we're trying to engage, when we're trying to nurture genuine relationships, you can't have a fractured life form real experiences. Because you're not showing the real you. You're only showing pieces of you. Broken pieces, hurt pieces, destroyed pieces, pieces that you've shut behind a door that you don't want anyone to know about. You don't want to tell your husband. You don't want to tell your wife. You don't want to tell anyone else. But God knows. And what he's saying is, I want to come in, and if you open that door, I will come in and heal you. I'm not going to expose you. I'm not going to betray you. I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm going to complete you and bring wholeness. I'm going to bring shalom into your life. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to renew. Whenever you think about it, wherever you go, whatever you do, God wants to heal, restore, and bring you shalom. And when we're in pieces, and when we don't present ourselves as complete stories, we tell half-truths and half-stories. And no one can form a real relationship because you're not the real you. And we struggle with marriages and we struggle with relationships because we've never presented the whole you. And it's frustrating, just as I was frustrated with that puzzle, because pieces are missing, it's frustrating for someone to try and engage with you when you don't have all your pieces. Because you're not getting the real you. You're getting the pieces that you want to show, the pieces that you, know, you think you want to present. And so we present ourselves in a certain fashion, but we're broken. And that's what I'm saying, that's what Jesus is offering, that's what he's declaring. He's saying, I want you to have wholeness. And let me ask you this question. Are you living in wholeness right now? Are you fully devoted? Are you totally committed to him? Or are you in broken little pieces saying, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to let people know who I really am. They might not like me. Let me be clear on this. If you love Jesus, people should see your fruit. They should know, they should know that you're a Christ follower, that you stand and live and act and be what Christ wants you to be. You can't tell your whole story if you don't know him because he hasn't completed you yet and all you have is broken pieces but we still try to live our life and put on shows and put on ways and present ourselves in a certain fashion when we're broken but here's the thing only Jesus can make us whole only shalom from him can complete us and fill us up and fix every broken piece in our heart and our soul our pain our heartache our suffering. So shalom is a greeting. Shalom is everything in between. Shalom is completeness. And shalom is harmony. I want to give you an image to help you understand this. The best way I know how to describe this, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that this incredibly, incredibly good God sent his son to die. Sent him to a cross where he went up and sacrificed himself so he could send peace to us. That if we believe that in Jesus, if we follow him, if we accept him, if we allow him to come into our heart, we will be restored, we'll be made complete. He will give us shalom, a completeness of everything. And we can receive him. 
the best way to get real peace, real shalom, is to find Jesus. And it's about healing the complete you. Then the dream is that you and God, God and you, can actually work to love and live and bring shalom into this world and have an impact on this world that they may understand what real shalom is. It's being in tune with God. The praise team came up here and sang a song. Or they sang worship. And they were all singing in different notes. And they are playing different instruments. But there was a harmony there. They were in tune. And so God sings over us. Did you know that? He says, I sing over you. He sings a song. And here's the thing. Are we in tune with him? Or are we out of tune? Are we singing our own song? Are we playing out of tune? Because when he sings over us, when he declares his peace over us, we must be in tune with his song. Are we in his story? Or is he out of our story? We have to be in sync with what it is. And that's what harmony means. That's what peace means. When you come to Christ, he brings a harmony. A shalom represents a harmonious surrounding. So it's not just a greeting, it's not just wholeness, but it's harmony, walking in unison, walking in tune with Almighty God. And it's an amazing thing when everyone plays in tune, isn't it? You can understand when someone doesn't play a tune. I don't know a thing about music, but I can't tell if they're, you know, I can tell if they're out of tune. You can tell if they're out of tune. You might not know music, but you can tell when they're out of tune. And so are we in sync with God? Are we in sync with the song that he sings over our lives? And it's not just harmony, it's a picture of community. Shalom is a picture of community. This is what God is up to, this is what God is doing. But the truth is, many of us in this room, many of us in this place, have areas in our life that we have blocked Him from coming in. We've blocked Him from coming in. And when we block Him, we can engage with Him and we can engage with people. But what God wants is to be in sync with Him and to be in communion with people. But because of our brokenness, because of the wars, because of what we've done, we stop engaging. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Make every effort to be in shalom with everyone. Live a life of wholeness and completeness. Oftentimes, the thing that prevents us from actually engaging with other people is our own struggles, our own frustrations, our own issues. We've been taught, well, maybe we've been taught just to suppress our voice, say no one cares about your opinion. Maybe you've been told in your life that you know, your voice is not important. Maybe you think if you say something, no one will care and no one wants to listen. Or you go, you know what? This person has hurt me. This person has done something bad to me and I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to get into a conflict. Or maybe you're codependent and you say, I can't live with this person even though they're causing you harm and pain. You say, I can't live without them. You're just dependent on them. But what God is trying to say is the gift of shalom is that to live in shalom means to have every effort that you have to be in peace and have peace in you and live in the peace of God. The problem is that sometimes we want to deny truth. And the real question is not whether we present ourselves in a reasonable way. The real question is, are we living in our hearts with God's love and shalom? No one can answer that question but you. You have to look into your heart. You have to look into the depths of your being and see, am I living in shalom? 
Am I living in the wholeness? Am I living in the completeness? Am I living in harmony? Am I living with God's love and presence over me? Or is just such a concept for someone else? I remember a time ago where I asked God, God, I want to have more patience. And you know what he did? He put someone in my life that really, really, really annoyed me. <laughs> they annoyed me in interesting ways. And I just wanted to like strangle their neck. And I know there's people in your life that push your buttons, right? That really annoy you. But here's the thing. I said, God, what's happening here? He said, well, you wanted to learn patience. Well, here it is. I put this person in your life. Learn shalom. Learn to deal with it in your frustration. Learn to deal with it and know that I'm producing it in you. And here's the thing. The amazing thing about God, he's such an amazing God. He's such a good God. If you, don't know that, if you try and run away from that person, God will put another person, another person, another person, another person, another person, <laughs> till you get it. Till you learn to live in shalom. Till you say, God, this person annoys me. I'm ready to like punch a wall. But I thank you. Because what is produced in me is patience and shalom. And that's the struggle. The struggle is that we live in a world that's constantly trying to pull us apart, to destroy us, to tell us we're no good, to tell us we're nothing. But we have to define ourselves not by what the world says, but by what God says. What does God say about us? What does God offer us? What has Jesus said that we can have? And he says, I give you peace like the world cannot give you. I give you a shalom. Not just peace. Not pax, but shalom. And no one else can give this to you. The source of this you can't find anywhere else but in me. That's what Jesus says. And if you find out the question, the struggle, the pain, friends, the real thing is that shalom in your life, shalom is what completes you. And you have to be honest. You have to have face it in truth. You have to look yourself in the mirror and say, do I have shalom? Do I have this completeness? Do I have this assuredness? Do I have this peace? Do I have this all and encompassing love that I can rest in. You know, it's hard to walk into a counselor's office when you have marriage problems. It's hard to be honest if people around you just lie. It's hard to say, I, have, I don't have the answers when you have to have the answers. And the truth is, about all of these situations, is that we have to learn that if we can't do it by ourselves, we have to know that if we lean into God, that He's able to do it for us. And so the truth of the matter is that shalom comes from him. But we have to learn to lean into God, lean into his presence. Say that the presence of God surrounds us. Shalom covers us. And when we do that, when we truly say, God, I know I can't do this by myself, but I'm leaning into you because I know you can. I know you're able. I know you can do all things but fail. And so shalom is harmony. Shalom is being in tune with God. Shalom is a greeting. Shalom is everything between hello and goodbye and all that presence of God that surrounds you in conversation. Shalom is community, living in peace with one another, living in shalom with one another. And shalom is a place. Revelation 12, 21 and 22 says, There is a place where there will be no more weeping, no more mourning, no more death, Do you know what this place is called? It's called the New Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means the city of wholeness. That's where we're all going. That's what's our destiny. That's where we're supposed to be going. And we're living here right now. It's preparing us for the city of wholeness. So 
what we do on this earth, how we lean into the broken areas of our life, the broken stories of our life, how we lean into broken relationships in our life, it matters. It matters how we live. It matters how we deal with the things around us. It matters how we are influenced by the world. It matters what God says about shalom. When you're pressured, when you're pushed, when you're prodded, when you're stretched, that's when we need to call on the shalom of God. That's when we say, God, I can't make it without your shalom. God, I can't go through this day without your shalom. I need your shalom, your completeness. I'm broken in this area. People have hurt me. People have, have messed with me. People have caused distress in me. But will I, I will open up my doors. I'll open up. I'll bring down the walls, come into every secret area, every hidden area, and fill me and complete me. Make me whole. Make me whole. And we can only find wholeness in Jesus. There's no other place where we can be complete. You can't be complete if you find a husband or a wife. You can't be complete if you have kids. You can't be complete if you have a good job. You can only be complete when shalom comes into your life. And shalom comes from Jesus. We we put things in our life, you know. We try to fill it with this and this and this and this. And as soon as we get the stuff, we realize this has not made me happy. This has not fulfilled me. This has not made me complete. I'm just putting stuff in. And the stuff you put in breaks the pieces of your life. And we have broken stories. Broken lives. And what God is offering is shalom. That brings completeness to every single area of our life. If we just receive him, if we just accept him. That's what Jesus said, I'll give you shalom. So real quickly, how do we actually do this? How is the practical thing? What is the real stuff we can do to get shalom? I want to share with you a couple of things. Number one, we cultivate shalom by choosing God's wholeness over self-preservation. We choose his promises, we choose his will, we choose what he wants over trying to preserve our hurt, our pain, or even our dignity. We say, God, I really trust you, and I know that you're for me, because if I trust you, you'll take care of me. You will supply all of my needs. I don't have to stress out. I don't have to try to preserve myself, because I have a God who protects me, heals me, restores me, and blesses me. So learn to cultivate God's shalom and not your self-preservation. Don't try to come up with a solution to defend yourself. Call on God, who is our defender, that he will take care of it. When we have pressure, what we want to do is run away from it. Oh, that's going to cause me stress. That's going to cause me problems. I'm going to run away. But if you put it into God's hands, he'll be able to handle it for you. He'll take care of it for you. So cultivate God's shalom or wholeness over self-preservation. Number two, you cultivate shalom by being the same everywhere. We can't be a person of duplicity. We can't be a certain way here and a different way there. You have to be the same, whether you're at home, whether you're at the bank, whether you're at the church, whether you're at school, wherever you are, you have to be the same. You can't have different characteristics and different personalities. You have to be the same in secret as you are in public. Whenever there's a discrepancy you're destroying your story. Whenever there's, there's a way you act in, in front of church and like you act all holy and a smile and everything's great and I'm good and things are well and then you go home and scream at your kids, that's not shalom. That's not getting God's shalom. 
If you want to yell at your kids, yell at them in public. Then go home and yell at them again. Just kidding. <laughs> no, don't yell at your kids. <laughs> but we have to be the same in public and in private. We can't have different personality traits that are reserved for some people and not for others. We have to be the same. So cultivate shalom by being the same person everywhere, always, whenever. There should be no discrepancies. Don't be the kind of person that just gives a little piece of you here and a little piece of you there, a little piece of to, to this person and a little piece to that person. Bring the whole you. Because if God has completed you, your story is complete, your life is complete, and you can present who you really are without broken pieces. And so it's really important that we are filled with integrity, filled with honesty, filled with truth, because God's shalom covers us and completes every broken area in our life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? Isn't shalom wonderful? Shalom is amazing. Let's stand. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.